Welcome to another exciting weekend message from Encounter Church. For more information, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. It's a very special day. It is Mother's Day, and uh, we want to just uh, welcome all the moms here, uh, particularly. If, if you're a mom, would you raise your hand if you're a mom? Wow, like most of the people. Let's give them all a hand. You can give yourselves a hand as well. We love you, moms. Uh, I think Matt said it best. I don't know where he would be without mom. Well, the answer is nowhere. So, so we love you. Um, mom, wherever you are, my mom is up in, uh, in Warren, Pennsylvania. I love you, mom. Um, but we want to uh, give just a great welcome to you guys. We have a special uh, small gift for you after service today on your way out as well. But uh, today's special, not only that, but because the mom of this house, my beautiful wife, Heather, is going to be preaching. Um, I'm excited to hear her. We're going to be continuing our Teach Us to Pray series today. But Heather has an incredible word uh, for you. You know, she's not just my wife. Heather is um, a leader in this church. She has been preparing for a few weeks now and has just what I believe to be a powerful word from God today. So um, can we just welcome one more time my wife, Heather, to, to preach to us today? Well, thank you guys. It is an honor and a pleasure to be able to kind of take a step back from those of you who are normally here. I'm just up here for the welcome. So this is a special treat today to be able just to kind of share my heart and talk to you. But before we do that, I want to say thank you to my husband, Jared, for uh, just believing in me and and, uh, just having the opportunity to be here today. And it is Mother's Day and I love just the cheesy, sappy Mother's Day videos that kind of circle around on Facebook and on YouTube. So of course I wanted to share a tearjerker that has been around Facebook the past couple weeks. So if you just want to turn your attention to the screen for just a couple minutes as we watch this special Mother's Day video. Isn't that just a great video? I love just how when you first see the moms, they're kind of like, are they going to know who I am? And they're a little nervous, but the kids go up and they kind of go down the line. And I think it's special because they they know their parents, not by voice, because the moms aren't saying anything, but it's by the way that they smell, by the way that when they touch them, how they feel and they know. So just take that as, as a mom, that you are uniquely made and that you are special to your child, that God did not make a mistake when he made you the parent of your child, that you have a special just calling over your life to be a mom. And that is, that is a huge project to take on. So, so know that you are loved and that your kids, even though they may not always show their appreciation or their love, but they know you and you and only you will be their mother. So be encouraged in that and happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Now this week is our second week that we're talking with our Teach Us to Pray series, which focuses on Matthew 6, which is the Lord's Prayer. And most of us are familiar with the Lord's Prayer and have either memorized it as a child or maybe you've heard it or seen it written on something. So most of us are familiar with that. But we're just going to read through it real quick. If you have uh, your Bible with you, I encourage you to turn to Matthew 6. If you don't, you, maybe you have your version app on your phone. You can also pull that up on there. Or it's also provided on your notes page in your program, and it'll also be up here on the screen. So you have all avenues to access it. So we're just going to read this real quick. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So each week of this month, we'll be focusing on a specific verse from this passage and just kind of 
going into it a little bit deeper. Now, even though we've all heard this growing up, I probably had this memorized by the time I was like 10 or 11, but you don't always truly know what it means. It's like that song that you hear on the radio over and over, and until you actually listen to the lyrics, because maybe you just liked kind of the, the rhythm of it, you finally learn what it means. And so that's why we're going through this, because there's a reason why God teaches us to pray this specific prayer. So we're just each week gonna focus And last week we focused on how prayer is more about God than ourselves. And this week we're going to focus on verse 10, which is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I just want to start out with with a little story. A couple years ago, I had this crazy dream that I had acquired a large sum of money. I think it was like in my dream I had gotten a check in the mail for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I was really excited. But my dream didn't just include the money. It was also how I was going to allot spending this money. So it was, I was going to buy, I was going to trade in our car, buy a new car, maybe even two cars, because why not? If I have the money, I'll buy two cars. I was going to buy a house so I didn't have to rent a house anymore. I was going to pay off all of our debt, all of our school loans, Jared's master's degree. I was going to pay it all off. And then I was going to put money aside for my kids. And I was going to even give back to some family that has helped us out over the years. It's just kind of a blessing to them. So I woke up the next morning, and I was really excited about this dream, like it was reality. And I remember telling Jared, I had this awesome dream that I, that I somehow, we got a check for hundreds of thousands of dollars, and it was so awesome, and I just, oh, it'd be great to spend that money. And so, like, it became an obsession. It wasn't just, I'm going to tell Jared about this dream. It was, what if this really happened? What if I was able to get hundreds of thousands of dollars And so it turned into, maybe I'll pray about it, because maybe God put this dream into my heart, so I'll pray about it. So my prayers started to look a little bit like this, or sound like this. It was, God, I just, I had this dream, and I had this dream that I had all this money, and it would just be great. I know that you want me to be debt-free. I would love to be debt-free. I would love not to have to worry about bills anymore, to not have to worry about car problems anymore, to have a house instead of having to rent a house. I could own my own house, and Oh, God, it would just be great to have that. And also, God, if you would just give me this money, I promise that I'll give back to you. I promise that I will give your 10% back to you and throw it in that I'll help other people too. I'll help the homeless. I'll help, you know, other organizations. I'll give back. If you just give me this money, I promise that I will use it for you. Now, those prayers were not as, as crazy as this dream was and most likely will never happen be great if it would, but um, as crazy as that was, those prayers were not about God. They did not include God at all other than me influencing my words to throw him in to get what I wanted. And a lot of times we can do this in life. So maybe have you ever found yourself in a situation like this with maybe using the phrase, God, I really want this. Maybe it's finances. God, if you help me with my finances or a new job, I just really need a better job or a bigger house. Or maybe it's even, God, if you really just help me find that person I'm supposed to be with for the rest of my life, I promise that I will love and honor you and give you all the glory. Did we really just do that? I did it in my prayers with this dream. We gave God an ultimatum. God, I will honor you and love you and praise you only if you give me what I want. Now, my son, and I'm going to say this, Autumn, you're not allowed to tell your brother this. He's not in here today. My son is the king of ultimatums. Mom, I promise I will be a good boy if you give me this. Mom, I promise I will do whatever you say if you give me the new Minecraft update. Or I promise if you buy me those Pokemon cards that I will listen and I'll be a good boy the rest of the day. 
Now, it's not about him wanting to do what he should already do or listening to what I've told him to do. It's about, well, I'll do it because I'll get something out of it. So this focus of today, we're going to be talking about our will versus God will. It's kind of the title of the message today. And we're going to look at verse 10, which is your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So now this verse has, has three key parts to it. And a lot of times we just focus on the your will be done and we don't realize that there's two other key factors to this verse. So we're just going to kind of dive into this. I like a phrase that, that my husband Jared uses. He says, we're going we're gonna to unpack it. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to unpack this verse. We're going to get familiar with it. We're going to learn what God wants to say to us through this verse. So we're going to start out with your kingdom come. Now, when I think of a kingdom, it's not a familiar word so much to us now because we don't have kingdoms in the United States. It's more other countries where they have their kings and their queens. But when I think of a kingdom, I think of power and strength and leadership. So that's kingdom. But there's a part that goes before that. It says, your kingdom come. And when the word says your, it's not referring to us. It's referring to God. So it's saying, God's kingdom come. God, your power your strength, your leadership come and be a part of my life. And then the second part is your will be done. Not my will, your will again here, the word your is referring to God, your will, God's will, which means I'm going to take myself out of this situation and I'm going to allow you to be the focus. It's not going to be about my will and what I want, but it's going to be about you. And then the third part is on earth as it is in heaven. Obviously, we're here on earth, so on earth, here, bring heaven down to earth. When I think of heaven, I think of perfection. Heaven is a perfect place. It is a place of peace. It's a place of wholeness, a place where we can be complete. So when we, basically, when we're saying, your kingdom come, your will be done, it comes down to saying, when we look to God, our leader, our strength for his direction, We take ourselves out of the equation and put God in control so that our lives can be a reflection of heaven and God's will for us. So we are saying we're going to take ourselves out of this. God, I give you control. It's not about me. It's about what you want because we want our lives to be a reflection of what you have for us. And what God has for us is peace and perfection. He wants our lives to be whole. He wants our marriages to be healed. He wants our relationships with our kids and our families to be whole. He wants our lives to be successful. He wants us to live a life of just fullness. So he's saying, pray this and put me in front. So this leads us to our big idea. And if you pull out your notes page in your program today, there'll be uh, little notes that you can fill in along the way if you want to follow along, or you don't have to, you can just listen. But our big idea today is we pray God's will because he has bigger plans for our lives than we do. Let me say that again. We pray God's will because he has bigger plans for our lives than we do. That's a pretty big deal. Now, sometimes we may wonder, well, how do I know that God has my best interest at heart? Because you say that he has bigger plans for my life than I do. So how do I know that God's interest is in my favor? Well, I'm glad you asked because I have the answer for you. We're going to focus on 
Now, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, this is one of my favorite passages. I've loved this since I was probably in my teenage years. It's Jeremiah 29. And before we go into this, I'll just give you like a brief recap of what Jeremiah 29 is about. In Jeremiah 29, the prophet Jeremiah is talking to the Israelites, and he's letting them know that they're about to go into captivity because of their disobedience to God. Now, as frustrated as the Israelites are because they've sinned against God, they disobeyed, they're getting ready to go into captivity for years, not just like a day overnight in jail, for a very long time they're going into captivity. They're frustrated, they're angry, and God knows that they're angry and they're frustrated, but he takes the time to tell them that despite this captivity and despite their sin and their past, he has a plan for their future, and he is going to make a promise to them for that future. So now we're going to look at Jeremiah 29, starting at verse 10 through 13. I believe we have it on the screen for you here. It says, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God very clearly here lays out his promise for the Israelites. But here's the thing about the Bible. Although the Bible is set back thousands of years ago, it's not just about the Israelites. He's setting these promises because he knew now in modern day we would be listening to this and that we would need these promises. So they're not promises of old. They are promises that we hold on to for today. And I encourage you, if you are not familiar with this verse, mark it in your Bible. Mark it down, write it down, Jeremiah 29. Because this is a good one to focus on throughout your life when you're going through something. But this is a promise that God was giving to the Israelites, but he knew that we would be right here today focusing on this, and maybe someone needs to hear these promises today. So if God has a plan for us, if he has a future for us, how, how do we follow that? What does God's will look like? Praying God's will, what does that, what does that lead to? How do, we, how do we go forward with that if we know that we're supposed to follow God's will? But what exactly does that mean? Again, I have the answers for you. So, see, I had this all planned out because I knew you'd had questions. So praying God's will leads to, and these are also in your notes pages. I encourage you to write these down because they're going to be a time in your life where maybe you just need to remember that God has a promise and a plan for your life. So I encourage you, you know, take these notes down. Put them somewhere where you can look at it later. Maybe tuck it in your Bible, tuck it in your purse, tuck it in your pocket. So number one, praying God's will leads to prosperity instead of failure. That's a pretty big promise. Now we're going to go back to verse 11 here, where it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That's pretty incredible. And my favorite part about this is it says, declares the Lord. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. It doesn't say, says the Lord. It says, declares the Lord. He is declaring it over their lives and over our lives today. It's not just, all right, well, I have plans for you. That's awesome. I said it, it's done. He's declaring it. He's speaking truth over the life and saying, I have plans for you, period. It's done. So he has plans to prosper us instead of failure. God does not have a plan for us to just kind of rummage around life, just kind of moseying around, not knowing what we're going to do. He has a plan every step 
of the way. And that step includes prosperity. Now, what is prosperity? A lot of times we think prosperity, we think financial, which God doesn't want us to be in a place of of struggle. But I think of prosperity, I think God wants us to live a life that is just full of life in itself, a life where we can share our love with others, a life where we can include people in it, just a life of just happiness and fulfillment of wholeness. That's what God intends for us. So praying God's will leads to prosperity instead of failure. Number two, praying God's will leads to a closer relationship with God. Now we're going to focus on verse 12. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. A closer relationship with God. I think of of like a new friendship. If I just meet a brand new friend, they're not going to know me and I'm not going to know them. So I'm not going to know, oh, well, they like daisies instead of roses or they don't like this. They, they prefer this kind of food over that kind of food or they're allergic to this. I don't know that because I haven't spent any time with them to focus on that. But it says, when you call on me and come and pray to me, a great way to know God is to just share your heart with him. God, I'm, I'm really going through a difficult time right now. Or God, this is a really happy time for me. This is, this is something I'm going through. This is something I'm excited for. Just like we would share with a friendship, God wants that relationship with us. So the more that we communicate and we talk to God, the closer we become to God. And I love it, it says, and I will listen to you. It's not like God's over here on the phone while we're talking, like your, you know, your friend's over here and you're talking, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. No, God, he's listening to you. He is focusing on your every word because he cares about you. So when we build that relationship with God, we become closer. And, it be, and he's always listening to us. He's always there for us because he cares about us, just like you're caring about your friend. So it's important. Praying God's will leads to prosperity instead of failure. Number two, a closer relationship with God. And number three, a deeper understanding of God and his plan for us, which focuses on verse 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Now the word seek really struck me when I was reading through this passage. It's not a a common word. I mean, you hear like hide and go seek, but I just kind of wanted to focus on what does seek mean? And a definition I found was to search until found or discovered. Now let's read this verse again. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So when we seek God until we discover him, when we are searching for who God is, when we are building that relationship and we continue to look for him until we find who he is, we get a better understanding we begin to know who God is. And now it becomes more about not searching for God because we have already discovered who he is. And because we have discovered who he is, we listen and we hear his voice. Just like these kids on this video that we watched earlier, they didn't have to hear a voice, but they could just search for their mom and they found them. We should be able to do that with God. We should be able to hear God's voice clearly. We should be able to not have to so much seek and search anymore, but now we've discovered, so now we can live in that truth that we know who God is and we hear his voice, and that is huge. I don't think it's any mistake that in the one place the Bible teaches us to pray, God lays out this entire prayer for us, and the first verse, he's saying, this is who I am, know who I am, 
and this is how you should pray. And then the second verse, he's saying, pray my will. Why? It's not because God doesn't want us to have fun. It's not because God's like, I don't want you to do what you want to do. I want you to do what I want to do. No, it's God's trying to save you from a path that leads to destruction or fear or hurt or pain. He's saying, follow me. Put me in front of yourself. Follow me and I will lead you down the path instead of you always trying to do about what you want and what you need. It's now about following my will, my plan to save you those speed bumps. And I can tell you, and I I can assure you that the times that I have clearly heard from God and chose to follow his will and his plan for my life, there were less speed bumps. There was less frustration and stress and fear and agony and pain because I listened to his voice, I heard it, and I followed. And it allowed me to avoid all of those turns and twists in the road. So praying God's will is not about the now. It's about where he is leading us and maybe what he's saving us from. A lot of times we get in our own way because we think that we know what's best. And so we try to follow our own path and our own direction. But instead God's saying, follow my will, follow my plan for you and I will save you from that because I promise you a life of prosperity. I promise you a life of fulfillment, and I want to save you from that, but we have to remember to follow God's will, and that's a very important part of it. I, in my life, uh, just talking about following God's will and his plan, I want to tell a little story about when I was a child and when I was born. My mom, when I I have two older brothers, and after my mom had my brother, she had another pregnancy, and the pregnancy ended up having just a lot of of problems and a lot of issues, and about, I think it was about eight or nine months into the pregnancy, she ended up losing the baby, and so my mom didn't really know what to do. She was in a place of just hurt and pain, like any mother would be when you lose a child. And they hadn't planned to have any other babies and uh, God had other plans. So a couple years later, my parents ended up getting pregnant again. And my mom went to the doctor knowing that because of her previous pregnancy, the chances of this pregnancy going well were very unlikely. So she went to the doctor and they ran a whole bunch of tests and um, you know, ultrasounds and blood work and, and all this just testing and everything. And, and the doctor came back and said, your chances of this baby being delivered and living a normal life are very rare. So I would encourage you to terminate the pregnancy because this child will never live a normal life. They will never succeed at anything. They will pretty much be bedridden their entire life. She'll never be able to speak. She'll never be able to talk. She'll never be able to walk, play, run. She will just in his words, he said, will be just a vegetable, nothing. And so my parents went home obviously devastated because they had just lost one baby a couple years previously, and now they're being told that this other baby will not have a life of quality because the same thing could happen again. And so my parents began to pray and to seek after what God wanted. And when it came down to it, they decided that God had a bigger plan for their life and their future, and this baby's future than what the doctors were saying. And that's hard, because you're living in a life of fear because you know what the past looked like, but you're trying to to look forward. And so 
my mom came to the decision that she wanted to change doctors. They found a doctor that was willing to trust with them and believe with them and have this baby. So nine months later, baby's born. If you don't get the story, the baby was me. (laughs) So I don't say this story to say, oh, I'm a miracle baby. That's not what it's about. There were months of sickness that had to happen in the hospital. I was in and out of the hospital, blood transfusions and and all sorts of, of things. But my parents, specifically my mom, chose to believe for the will and the future that God had laid out for her life, which in return would reflect into my life. So therefore, because she made a plan to continue this pregnancy, to have me, and to believe that God would not allow her to have a failed child, a child that was just not worth having, that there was a future there. And so here I am today able to share with you, and I'm not saying that for praise or glory for myself, because every year on my birthday, I take a moment and I thank my mom. Because not only I always say, mom, thanks for birthing me. That's kind of what I tell her every, every year on my birthday. But because without my mom, I would not have my life. But this year it really struck me as I thought about it because she wrote this Facebook post about her whole experience through the pregnancy and and through the beginning months of my life. And I thought, wow, had my mom not chosen to believe God's plan for her life and my life, my life would so drastic, I wouldn't be here. So there would be no life. And because of that, I wouldn't have met my husband. I wouldn't have my two beautiful children. I wouldn't be here today sharing my heart with you. I wouldn't have the friendships and the relationships with everyone that's here today. But because my mom believed in her future and in my future, I can stand here today. So I say that because you don't know what your future holds. So by following God's will, just like our our big idea says, he has bigger plans for our lives than we do. So he knows beyond today. He knows our future. He knows what's ahead of us. We don't know that. He knows that. So by praying God's will and choosing to follow his plan for our lives, we're saying, God, we're stepping out of this. And we're allowing you to have the future that you want us to have. Because my future in my own hands looks nothing like the future that God had planned for me. Had my mom chosen not to have me, I wouldn't be here today. That wouldn't just affect me. That would affect other people. Had my mom not chosen to listen to God's will, her life would be very different. Same with ours today. Had I not, at a very young age, chosen to follow God and every day make that decision to follow God's plan and his will for my life, I would be in a different place. I wouldn't be here giving God the glory for my life. I would be somewhere very different. So by choosing to follow God's will for our lives, we are choosing to step back take ourselves out of it and allow him to take control of our future. So my challenge for you today is to choose God's will for your life over your own plans. That's hard to do. I know that's not easy because this is something that that I have struggled with my entire life. But when we choose to take ourselves out of it, such a different life. It's such a different pathway that we're going. I'm sure all of us have been in a place at one point or another where we decided to take it into our own hands. And it's not easy. It's frustrating. We hold all of that weight on our shoulders. When I try to do it myself, man, it's a mess. It really is. Because you just keep digging that hole deeper and deeper and deeper, thinking I can get out on the other end. But it's not until you say, God, take control. And that's all he wants. 
That's all he wants our prayers to be is, God, I put you in front so that I can now follow you instead of me having you behind me saying, all right, God, well, I'm frustrated. Now let me just kind of insert you in this situation. All right, I'm done. Now you go back behind here. But what if we just follow him the whole way? How much easier will our life be? And I promise you, just like he promises in Jeremiah, he has a plan for us. So wouldn't it be easier to follow God's plan than to follow our own plan and have those speed bumps along the way? So with this challenge, choose God's will for your life over your own plans. And there's just some simple ways that you, that you can do this and start this journey. First one is build your relationship with God. How do you do that? Through prayer through reading your Bible. Today we just talked about one of God's promises. That's a great way to start following God's will. Focus on his promises. Look them up. Highlight them in your Bible. Write them down on your wall. Those are promises that are meant to help you through the life journey. They're not promises to wave in your face, be like, hey, one day I'm going to give you something special. No, it's for now. It is for this moment right now. He wants to give you those promises. So search for them. Look them up. If you can't find them, come and find me. Come and find Pastor Jared. We would love to help lay out God's promises for you so that you know what to look for, so you know how to find them. Another one is prayer. We talked about building your relationship and your understanding of God. Pray to God. Just talk to him. God is an amazing person, and he cares specifically for you, for your every need. Prayer is not about always praying for other people. It's praying for our own lives, too, because he is our father, and he loves us, and he wants to help us. He wants to guide us through life. So prayer is a big part of that. Another is worship. Maybe worship is an outlet for you. I love to worship. I, this morning, just to kind of focus, I was just listening to some music and, and worshiping. That's another great way to get connected to God to allow him to work through you. You can also learn to listen to God's voice. We talked about this a little bit earlier today, but when you start to take yourself out of the equation and allow God to be the focus and the center of your life, he now has that clear voice into your heart and into your mind. And I would much prefer to listen to God's voice than to my own voice of stress and frustration because I know that he is always the voice of truth and the voice of reason. And then lastly, learn to pray for your future, not just for today. A lot of times when we pray, it's, it's for a specific situation. God, I'm really struggling with this bill that's due on Monday or, or God, I'm really frustrated with this family member. Or, I just don't know what to do right now. And that's okay. God cares about the now too. But pray for your future as well. God, where are you leading me? Where do you want me to go? Lead me in that direction. Lay that path out for me to follow. Because once we align ourselves with God's will and his promises for our lives, the road becomes a lot clearer, a lot more straight. And we don't have to worry about the bumps and the the frustrations and the stress. We can now focus on what he has for us. So I encourage you this week and throughout your future to start praying for that, praying for God's will in your life. When you're stressed out, when you're frustrated, when you're dealing with that hard situation, pray for God to take the front and center spot and step behind that so that he can now guide you. Because I promise you, I absolutely promise you because I have seen this, excuse me, my entire life that God will not let you down. His promises are true, they are firm, and he will never, ever let you down. You just have to be willing to listen and to follow, and I guarantee you won't be disappointed, not even a little bit.
because he will have control over your life. And I would prefer to live a life with God in control than when I get in my own mind and in my own heart and I'm stressing out and I'm freaking out over things that don't even matter. So I encourage you this week, focus on God. Focus on his plan, on his future for you. And he will line that path up. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I just, I thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to to just share our hearts with you. That you promise a life of faith and prosperity, a life that, that includes you as the center, a life that you care about us, that you don't intend any harm for our lives. God, a life that you just will lead us along, that you will show us the plan that you have for us. God, I pray that this truth will ring true in our hearts, that we, the stubbornness and all the, the willpower that we try to fight against will just be diminished, that we will learn to follow your plan and your will so that we can live a life that is pleasing to you and a life that includes you instead of just insert you when we want it. God, we love you and we praise you and we are honored to know you and to call you our Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on. Thanks for listening to this message from Encounter Church. If you call Encounter Home or if you would like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterPGH.com and click on the Support Encounter tab on the left side. This is a quick and simple way to stay up to date with your regular giving. We hope you join us next week.